Tectorama episode 724. Goodbye, September. Hey, welcome to Technorama, the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If this is your first time joining, welcome to the show. If you're returning, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. My name is Chuck Tomasi, and right over there is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I am fabulous. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, just didn't do much. Just kind of walked the dog all weekend. That's about it. <laughs> that sounds like a metaphor for something. Walking yeah, no. the dog. No, I was, like I was steam, putting steam the house back together because Donna's coming home tonight after her week-long <laughs> cruise. <laughs> well, my wife's coming back tomorrow night, so I got still got tomorrow to finish uh, cleaning up. Remember <laughs> last week I was talking about the door that was kind of off its hinge? Yes. I found some longer screws. I had long screws in that hinge. They're three-foot screws. <laughs> yeah. It's actually through three rooms anchored into yeah. the neighbor's house, but we're good. Right. <laughs> No, it, it, uh, there's no more, it doesn't even stick anymore. It's, it's, it's hanging like it should, but I've only given it, you know, maybe another centimeters worth of life in that, Right. but I got two you of know, them in there, I've, two longer screws and it works fine. I've seen some of these videos on YouTube and a couple of things, uh, they're, they're kind of, they're one of those, um, it's like a DIY thing and they, they, they don't really talk or anything, but they show how to take these zip ties and, you know, melt them down and use them plastic yeah. for stuff. Anyway, one of them, uh, which I thought was very useful was they used, um, toothpicks and they put them in that, those holes. Yes. That, that you're about, and, uh, put a little super glue. Was it super glue and would not a uh, baby powder, but it was something like that. Put it in there. And then you, uh, then it's, it'll catch the screw and you can just put your screw back. Right. In. Wood glue and a dowel is, is typically what we mm -hmm. used years ago yeah you yeah. know speaking of videos you know what's starting to get on my nerves what's is that? is useless shorts you know you, youtube yeah. has the shorts and i'll right. see a notification come up it says you know like latest esp32 because i want to go look at a new microcontroller and it's right. a short that just shows somebody like holding it up and waving it i say there's no specs there's no nothing there's no useful information in there like come on that's i know I'm you know unsubscribe know. if people do that too much I tell you why they do that, because YouTube was encouraging people to make shorts. A lot of the YouTubers that I subscribe to, all of a sudden I started seeing a bunch of shorts from them, and I, they weren't useless per se, like you said, but they were being pushed to make uh, shorts, and they were tying that to their income that they were getting from their channels. So they were encouraged just to make shorts, and some of them they didn't say anything, like you said, or yeah. showed something, or I'm like. But that's why they, a lot of them did that or do that. Well, so. I'm going to start leaving comments if I see many more of those this week. It's like, I don't like shorts at all. Rare, I, well, I, take it I don't There's mind them. There are some that are very humorous. If they're done, if they can be done effectively. Like our, our teammate Earl Duque puts out some funny stuff. Like, yeah. uh, you know, he has these sort of back and forth skits with himself. Like, hey, Earl. Yes. Um, right. can you show me again how to do a, a, a pull request in GitHub? Yeah. Uh, give me just a minute. <laughs> okay. You know, the, right. the first guy kind of goes away creepy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, so he's, he's got thought, you know, the, how to tell the guy who works from home. Yeah. You know, hey, Roomba. It's so good <laughs> to see you. Yeah. Right. I know. I've, I think I spoke to my vacuum like that. There's a couple of them. Uh, they're dry bar comedy, which I subscribe to. Yeah. That sometimes they'll put up shorts, and it's the comedian, and, you know, and he he's telling a few jokes, which is that's fine. And I those kind of I'm all right with. Is uh, I don't need to, if I wanted TikTok, I go to TikTok. I don't need a bunch of shorts. They're they can be effective. I don't want to go to TikTok. I probably will never go to TikTok unless somebody sends me a no. direct link and I don't have to log in. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I don't mess. I, I didn't log into TikTok. I'm just saying that if I wanted short videos, I go to TikTok. They, I like YouTube for the long form stuff for the most part. I mean, I don't mind the short form as long as it's it fits the content. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't just show me 
a microcontroller or an a, a, an OLED display and go, here is the new version, the new OLED display that I have. It is 70 by 140 pixels resolution, and I like it. Like, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you another one type of video I, I've, I've seen a million times on YouTube. Well, I go, I go to it to figure out or like to learn something, thinking I'm going to see this guy demo something. And he starts uh, doing this thing, and it's super quiet. He doesn't say a word, but you can hear him going. You know, <laughs> creepy like, like, just speak please say something <laughs> or play you know. some music over it or, you, or you hear no. ambient sounds in the room you know but he's not speaking it's just i'm like why wee, why'd you wee, bother wee, with the audio goes by or uh or uh some of the videos they have like these elaborate um high energy intros oh the and intros the guy and... starts talking hey how you doing I'm no, no, no! It's it's worse than that. It's it's like boom, 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 whoosh, and then you got yeah. Hi, welcome to my video. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's like it's like they recorded it from the other room or something. Yeah. <laughs> Invest a little more in a microphone, not in your opening or just, graphic, or just use the microphone. Yeah, or something. <laughs> The, no, no, get a microphone because they're using the one that's built into their laptop. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. here we are with this podcast that gets all of 35 subscribers <laughs> trying to tell the world how to do this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've done my market research. <laughs> hey, I wrote a book. <laughs> yep. Yes, you did. All right. Shall we get into our feedback? We have been we have been just been bantering like old men on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Get off my internet lawn. Letters, oh we get letters, we get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Oh, letters, I love those letters. Let's find out what you've got to say. Oh boy! Mailman, mail today. Huh, that's interesting. What? I pulled up uh, our shares for the question of the week, right? And if I click show attachment, which would show your sharing of it. Right. Um, it's, I'm starting to see on Facebook the little red ring that says live. Where oh, really? Yeah. So if you go hit the share and show attachment, it says it shows a little I did, live. I don't see live. I'll take a screenshot and show you later. All right. Looks like I didn't get any comments either. They're all on the main Technorama podcast one, according to what right. I see. So we have Steve London who says, uh, our question of the week, we should start with that. Question of the week was, what is one HP or one hit point of damage to you in real life? And Steve, with his always fun answers, he says, stubbing your toe on something is one hit point. <laughs> right. This is a house rule that I've had in almost all of our games. It even killed me once. Uh-oh. He says, it started with 100 hit points, you take a sword through the head, <laughs> and you, you, you've got 99 hit points worth of damage. It's just a flesh wound. You just walk it off. Then you roll a one and fail. You stub your toe on the door frame to the healer's, uh, to the healer's hut. You lose one hit point and die in excruciating pain. But wait, <laughs> there's more. A few friends of mine and I had this discussion a few weeks ago. As their number of hit points is different from character to character, the hit points isn't a rational number. It's a, it's kind of a sliding scale. Mm -hmm. How close are, uh, is your body to the catastrophic failure? Death by 100 stubbed toes? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Stephen Wetchy says... Uh, when someone says they will ping me back at work. Oh, and then and then Steve London comes back and says, yeah, then I die a little bit every day. Death by a thousand yeah. pings. Yeah. And then uh, Stephen Wesche returned. Uh, we'll just we'll just play Steve, Stephen Wesche. Yeah, I'll be Stephen Wesche, okay? I do as well. I have no idea why the Slang Brothers uh, bothers me so much as it does. Just don't roll a one on the don't be sarcastic test. Yeah. Thankfully, I've submitted my place in the cantankerous system engineer 
uh, as a system cantankerous system engineer. So as long as I'm not too rude, I'm able to get away with a healthy dose of sarcasm. Cantankerous. Now that's a yeah. title to have on your resume. <laughs> it's on his, I can see it on his door, you know? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. You, you were got one the, more. Next, oh one, yeah. One more. Uh, LOL. It's in a loving, loving way. <laughs> Mike Robinson says, missing a live podcast or YouTube stream, remembering great podcasts from the past, seeing a picture of a beloved deceased pet on Facebook, finally deciding to consume that one tasty food item they were holding off having and finding it as spoiled. More than mm. one hit point includes watching a beloved book being made into a movie or series only to find out it's centered on a completely unimportant aspect of the story. Reimagining. <laughs> Another one is hearing they want to remake the movie Princess Bride. The oh, closest God. to a remake to that movie I ever want to know about was done with Deadpool. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. And that's the responses we got. Wow. If if you guys keep having conversations like this, Craig and I'll just act them out. <laughs> yeah. We may change your voice up. Just saying. <laughs> so I'm not doing my best Swedish. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Right. No, that's don't. Uh, so what? What's a uh, one hit point for you in real life? For me. Um, it, uh, physically or mentally, because you've got different characteristics that you could, when you pick, I mean, I a hit point is your health status in an adventure yep. game. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking more physical, but there are many mental things that just kind of take a, a toll. Okay. Uh, you know, little things like when you, when you throw that can into the wastebasket or into the recycle bin. And you miss. And now you have to go over there and pick it up. You were trying to save the trip to go yeah. to the recycle bucket, but now you have mm-hmm. to make that trip anyway. Like that wasn't much of a savings. And you just get deflated because your, you know, your your status as a good thrower has been demoted yeah. a little bit. I was thinking more like when I when I'm doing any coding and maybe I capitalize something that shouldn't have been, you know, and it's hard to see because you know, you know what I'm saying? It's something that little thing that makes your code break, but then, um, uh, and you spend hours trying to find it. I, maybe that, maybe that adds up to more hit points than one, but <laughs> physically it, it would be when you're, when you're turning that, you're trying to, trying to put a wrench on a stuck nut or bolt or something. And you're, you're forcing, you're forcing, you're forcing force. Finally, it lets loose or the head strips and the wrench moves anyway. And you slam yeah. your knuckles into something else Oh, and you get all the bloody knuckles or I've done that. I was I was doing on one out on our gate the other day. Uh I was I was replacing a a screw that holds the pin, you know, you, pin goes into the hinge, you know, the latch that keeps the gate closed. Right. Well, the the pin is supposed to have two bolts in it or two right. two hex head screws. And it only had one, so I kept flopping down and missing the <laughs> latch, right? Right. So I found a couple more but they were a little larger than the original. So I really had to refund them to get, you know, I'm, I'm cranking to get these into the hole. This thing is going to stay nice and tight with two very large bolts <laughs> cranking away. And of course it slipped. And on oh, the nice. backside of the gate, there are all the screws. Cause it's, it's got wooden slats that run vertically. So every right. vertical slat has a screw at the top in the middle and at the bottom. And my hand went right over a couple of them that were sticking out the backside of the top of those slats. And mm-hmm. mm, yeah, it's like, well, it looks like I'm wearing a bandaid for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, all right. One more. I'll tell you real quick. It's, it's more of a phrase when somebody comes up and says, Hey, I got a quick question. <laughs> There's, there are no quick questions. <laughs> there, there are. But usually the the best ones Those are. But they not, they're not prefaced by. Hey, I have a quick question. If they're verbal, they're never a quick question. If they're right. written, they usually are. That's what I no. found. Is somebody asked me in Teams, I got a quick question. Where can I find out more information about this? I'm like, no. go talk to X. I don't know. Rarely ever have I ever heard quick question and have it followed by a quick question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usually, just ask me the stupid question. 
No, that's that's. Right. Can I ask you a question? They say, "Well, you just did." You yeah. Used up All right. Your, See your question credit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the, that first one's free. You just used it. <laughs> that's right. All right. We will have more for you at the end of the show. Had to remind the band what the song was. <laughs> On this day in history for September 27, 2023, we have a ton of them, so let's move quickly. It's the 270th right. day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 95 days remaining in 2023. Hold on. I just realized but, we forgot the the uh, feedback that was in the mail. We had one from Leon. He said, in episode 719, you were discussing the Sonic remotes that only had a few buttons and used tones to switch channels to change the volume. Yes. The ones with the little metal bars in them. The question came about how the next channel worked. When you pushed the button once and the TV went through the channels until the next live channel was reached, it's simpler than you think. There There were mechanical pins in the TV tuner for each channel, 2 through 13. If the pin was Mm -hmm. pulled out, the TV would not stop and change channel again. If the pin was pushed in, the TV would stop changing the channel. So the retailer probably set up those pins when the TV was delivered. But if you moved your TV to a different city or state, you had to call service to fix the channel finder. (laughs) Oh, no. That's funny. I like it. Thank you, Leon. Good to know. We also had one from Mad Marv. Oh, he's uh-huh. a discussion topic for the show. Would you read Patrick Stewart's autobiographies coming out in October? And the audio audiobook is read by the author. Ooh. Ooh. Is there an audio sample? Pre-order for pre-order. Try it for free. The name of the book is Making It So. And that's S-O, not S-E-W. Right. <laughs> I would listen to Patrick Stewart read his own book. I would listen to him talking about sewing. I'd read that way before I read Walter make Isaacson's it. Elon Musk book. You need to make clothing? Make it sew. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, our, our, our buddy Gene, Dean Jensen says. Yes. That he realized that his birthday, which is on 921, is the same day when there's 101 days left in the year. <laughs> Coinkity. like that. That's what yeah. reminded me that we needed to read our email because I was going, there are 270. Whoa, stop. You know. Yeah. That, yep. Dean has 101 days remaining when he gets to his birthday. Even on a leap year because the extra day was already in the year. Okay, let's oh. resume. Where were we? Right. I'm going to have to start it over. There oh. we go. Oh. We, we're going to need the extra time, I think. 270th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 95 days remaining in 2023. It was on this date in 1822 that Jean-Francois Champollion officially informed the Académie de Inscription et Belles Lettres in France. I'm doing my worst French ever. Uh, yeah. He informed them that he had deciphered the Rosetta Stone. He, he got his right. subscription to Rosetta Stone in 1822. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, just use Duolingo. Duolingo. Duolipa? Duolingo. Um, 198 years ago today, the world's first public railway to use the steam locomotives, the Stockton-Darlington Railway, was ceremoniously opened. That same date in 1908, production of the Model T automobile began at the Ford Piquette Avenue plant in Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> it's T O D E T R O I T. Detroit. That's right. It was 85 years ago today that the ocean liner Queen Elizabeth was launched in Glasgow. September 27, 1941, the SS Patrick Henry was launched, becoming the first of more than 2,700 Liberty ships. And also September 27th, 1956, U.S. Air Force Captain. Milburn G. Apt became the first person to exceed Mach 3. Shortly thereafter, the Bell X-2 goes out of control and Captain Apt is killed. Is that where we get the Linux command? Apt install, apt update, apt upgrade, apt kill. Yeah, he was was the inspiration for that. Okay. The British TSR-2 aircraft, XR-219, made its maiden flight on the state in 1964. 
And that same date in 1998, the Google Internet search engine wrote, retroactively claimed that it's uh, claimed this birthday, uh, claimed this date as its birthday. There you go. Yeah, they just said, yeah, September 27th. That's good. Even though they yeah. they had been live for a few days before, they went. I think that was when they had their first search page. Something there was there was oh, yeah. an article about that. Anyway. September 27, 2003, the Smart One satellite was launched. Everything before that was apparently dumb. Yeah, dumb. 16 years ago today, NASA launched launched the Dawn probe to the asteroid belt. Happy birthday goes out of the state to German mathematician and epigrammatist Abraham Gotthelf Kostner, born on the state in 1719. Do you know what I looked up? What is an epigrammist? What is that? It's one who writes epigrams, of course. <laughs> and then, of oh, course, God. you have to look up what the F is an epigram. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, three right. definitions, but I'll leave it to That's the funny. viewer. Listen, I thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> right. French mathematician and academic Gaston Terry was born 180 years ago today. He's French. He must be Gaston. Oui, oui. Gaston Terry. Yeah. Hans Hahn. The Austrian mathematician and philosopher. I'm not making these up today. Hans Hahn <laughs> is his name. Uh, he's, uh, he was born 144 years ago today. An American magician, Harry, excuse me, Harry Blackstone Sr. was born 138 years ago today. English astronomer and author and Nobel Prize laureate Martin Ryle was born on the state in 1918. And James, James, I was getting a little Sean Connery there. James, James H. Wilkinson, American mathematician and computer scientist, was born on that same date in 1919. Wow, wonder I, I should go look what he invented or came up with. Austrian-American physicist and academic Fred Singer was born today in 1924. And also turning 91 today is American geophysicist Marcia Neubauer. There you go. Greg yeah. Morris. He played on Mission Impossible, among many other things. The American actor, he's born 90 years ago today. And Danish-English physicist and neuroscientist Rodney Contrill was born on this, same day, on this date in 1933. Wilford Brimley, the man with the most awesome mustache, was born 89 years ago today. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Wilford Brimley's slightly younger than my dad? <laughs> yeah, but he has diabetes. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> I thought that guy was... Born at the age of 89. Okay. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was born old. <laughs> and born September 27th, 1947, American singer, songwriter, producer, and actor, Meatloaf. Does he like sign his name Mr. Loaf? <laughs> Mr. Loaf, yeah. That's two words, Meat and Loaf. I'm assuming one's his first name. Also turning 71 today is Romanian pilot, engineer, and cosmonaut, Dimitru Prunariu. And American computer programmer and author of Pearl, Larry Wall, was born on the state in 1954. I thought he was the Google guy. Larry Wall? <laughs> no. And Sergey Brin. No, that's not. <laughs> wrong. Now I'm going to make you think. <laughs> I no, I know, it's, I know you're wrong. I know you're wrong. I know you are, but what am I? Also wrong. turning 59. <laughs> today I'm, I'm messing with you man also turning 59 today is american computer scientist and actor. wow what's with the computer people today i know tracy camp and american engineer and astronaut stephanie wilson was born on the same date in 1966 american video game designer and dancer matt harding is 47 today okay the music dancer? is also yeah that's what i thought <laughs> maybe dance dance revolution <laughs> who knows right Told you we were going to need all that time. We didn't even get to the listener birthdays. We got September 26th is Brett from Wales, October 1st, which is 101 in the U.S. <laughs> is 101. And Stephen Weshi, happy birthday. Pronounced like the first part of wet and the word she. Weh, she. Got it. Yes, mm. that's right. Thank you for the phonetics. And October 2nd is Adam Rumkey. First part sounds like rum. Yeah. Second part sounds like the thing you used to open a door. Unless we're in Germany, that'd be Grumka. Anyway, 
Where are we going with this? Oh yes, Craig I was gonna know. put the Craig was gonna put the link on the screen yeah, for to, everybody watching at home. There. And uh, that's the way it was on this day in history for September twenty seventh. If you want to be on the birthday calendar, by the way, you can go over to chuckchat.com slash birthday. We'll give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. You know what? And if you do it in the next thirty days, we're gonna let you assign the date of your birthday for free. <laughs> what? You can actually pick your date on the calendar for your birthday. Normally, like the airlines, we would assign it to you. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm continuing that discussion, that nonsense we had last week. Okay. Yeah, pick the day you want. That's all right. <laughs> it's free for the next 30 days. You can, If your birthday is March 13th, go put March 13th on there. Because after this offer runs out, you just get to put your name in and we'll pick a date for you. (laughs) And then you have to listen to all our shows and listen for the shout out. (laughs) There there are some weeks that are just have less birthdays. We need to fill them in. We need to load balance our calendar. Load balance. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to some Uh, news. Good news, everyone. We have found some good news. Well, it's curious news, I'd say. From NPR, uh, they've found some carbon... Potential carbon. The James Webb Space Telescope has found some carbon on Jupiter's moon Europa. That's the big icy one with lots of water underneath, underneath like 10 to 15 Mm -hmm. miles of ice. And uh, it's it's all kind of cracked up because Jupiter's gravity is tugging and pulling on this thing. And they think that's that if if there's saltwater oceans underneath there to the tune of twice as much water as all the oceans on Earth combined. Uh, yeah. And and get this, it's it's slightly smaller than our own moon. So that's that That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. And the ice and probably a core on there because it's got to be expanding and contracting. Something's got to be generating that energy. If you've got heat and salt water and carbon, it's there's a strong likelihood uh, that you're going to Im- have some life out there. I can imagine that Jupiter does a lot of pushing and pulling to, to Oh, it to does. Generate. On enough heat on that thing. Poor little Io itself. that's closest in. It's just like all over. And Callisto. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a big old mess. So curious. They don't, they're not saying anything definitive yet. But next year, the mission, is it next year? 2025. I got to remember. Um, I but can't there, remember either. There um, is a mission going out. I'm looking for the date, looking for the date. Oh, get that banner. It'll, 2030. It'll be, it'll be uh, there the, in 2030. Europa Clipper. The Europa Clipper, That's, it's launching, but it's, it's going to be there in 2030. It's going right. to be launching... Next, in a year, next year. Next year. In That's October. Right. Yeah. So look forward to that. Because, you know, these, it takes time to get out there. They got to do some slingshots around the sun and planets and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have, th- This one's interesting. You found another one here from Gizmodo, Craig. Amazon restricts yeah. authors to self-publish... They're, they're limiting you to self-publish three books a day. Not read or download. This is publish three books a day. Yeah, you know why, right? Yeah, because people were just dumping AI garbage out there. <laughs> right. And going, hey, I'll publish a book every 20 minutes. Now, there's something to be said of quality over quantity. But come on, George R.R. R. Martin. Get off this. Let's get moving. Yeah. Now, there, there's a, uh, they didn't say what the old limit was. And they wouldn't answer Gizmodo's question about this. But the uh, the limit mm. came about after a self-published book about the Maui wildfires this summer began making headlines last month. The book titled Fire and Fury, the story of the 2023 Maui and its implications for climate change. That's a long mm-hmm. title. I suggest you clean that up a little bit. It's an 86-page narrative of the recent wildfires in Hawaii with reviewers claiming that the book <laughs> smells of AI. <laughs> Right. The book's description on its Amazon page uses the phrase, the book, to begin five of its seven sentences. Excuse me. The description also mentions that the book covers a time frame of August 8th to 11th, despite the book itself being listed on Amazon on August 10th. So it's credited to Dr. Miles Stones, who is also, he also has a profile in Goodreads with all of their books having been published in or after June of 2023. Sounds suspicious. Hmm. Maybe there's Mr. Stones is artificial in, as well. Yeah. So I, I, That's right. I think, you know, one, three a day might still be a little extreme. Does anybody really need, 
Can anybody publish more than one well, a day? I can imagine if it, well, look at our buddy, Scott Segler. Maybe he, he's not yeah, writing a book. A day. Even if you were doing short no. stories, Craig, even no, if no. you were doing free short stories, still takes a good day to create. I know. I'm saying, what if you stacked them up? You just, you were like, maybe you had three, you were going to republish or something. I'm just saying. Publish a lot of books. One at a time over three days. I don't know. They're in different categories and all that stuff. So I don't know. I guess it happens. It wouldn't kill you if you had to wait three days to get your what three if you, books out. What if you had uh, some stuff that you wrote a long time ago and you got, you know, but you did some editing and you're ready to publish some and there's, you want to put three up there at once. You know what I found with most self-published books? What's is that? They're poorly edited. <laughs> That's just been my experience. Here you go. Don't be Don't jealous. Be jealous. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I'm my not dad, jealous. I'm not trying to write books at this point. Yeah. My dad, he, um, he's written several books and he uses uh, a lady in Idaho. She, he found her online and he pays her to edit his books and they go back and forth a couple of times. He, uh, he likes to bear down on the, uh, she lives in Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> Sounds like my, in Moscow. I'm just like, yeah, okay. But yeah, she she did it. She was a school teacher, a retired school teacher, and that's what she does. I'm just thinking three a day still leaves the door wide open for AI fraud. Oh, I'm not I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying that three sounds reasonable because somebody could have some old stuff they've written already and they want to self-publish it. So I wish there was a way to like watermark artificial intelligence content. So, oh, they've been talking about that. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, an image you could do, but text, mm, that, that's, that's a little different. Yeah, because it can be, it depends on what it says, uh, what it says, it can be a little subjective. You go, oh, this sounds like AI. Well, the guy just is like that. I don't know, you know, the art. So, well, they also got into the whole, hey, you, you, uh, what was it, the, the, it says, AI has begun to infiltrate it in nearly every aspect of our workforce with authors beginning to put their foot down over the technology. Comedian mm -hmm. Sarah Silverman and authors Christopher Golden and Richard Codry are suing OpenAI and Meta over their large language models allegedly being trained with copyrighted material. While both OpenAI and Meta mention they do not train on copyright material, the authors allege that some of the training's data come from a shadow library of sources like Library Genesis. Z Library, SciHub, and Bibliotech, which are internet-based torrent, re torrent repositories that include copyrighted books. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hey, so here you go. Short stories? What if, what if you had several of those you were trying to publish at once? I'd be okay publishing one a day and say, hey, I'm doing a <laughs> campaign. Go out every... It would keep people going out and getting a new book. It's like, oh, I haven't been out there for a new book today. I missed so if I had six stories I was going to publish, yeah, it would take me in your world six days, or I can push publish them over two days. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> There's different reasons. I don't know. There you go. Uh, is it imperative that all six have to be published today, Craig? As it is, I don't know. You can only, it's going to take you two days. So what's it between what, publishing your six stories? What if stories they're dying and they need to get them out right now? I don't know. Leave your leave your spouse your password. Come on. Don't give me that. You go, Gary also said footnotes required for the AI, I guess, maybe. Depends on what it is. I don't know if you want footnotes in a novel, but. Oh, can an AI cite a source? Maybe maybe we ought to just make sources, sourcing mandatory, and then the humans would do it right, and the AI wouldn't do it, and there's your watermark. Uh, for a little while, because you know to learn how to do that. But if it does, then it's admitting where it got its content. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're you're going, ah, oh, yeah. you're admitting you. Well, if, you know, to be honest with you, if I'm buying a book, I better not be written by AI because I want to read something somebody actually wrote. Um, somebody's opinion, somebody's you know, viewpoint, somebody's imagination, yeah. somebody's world yeah. building. Yeah. Now, now using it for maybe spitballing, you know, get some ideas and stuff. That's fine, but I don't want to read the text that they uh, dumped out as a story. That's not. That's not you don't like reading all. hallucinations. I like having them, not. 
Will there soon be will there soon be charges of premature dictation? Hey, this is this is a family friendly show. Let's not use terms like that. Chuck, come on now. <laughs> it wasn't dirty till you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> now, as today as we're recording this, um NASA hit a big milestone today. They actually brought back samples from Bennu down yes. to Earth and Ut- brought them to Utah. The Osiris Rex return module smacked down in Utah. I, it, it's funny because the picture at first doesn't give you an idea of how big this thing is. You know, you picture it kind of the size of a an Apollo capsule. And then somebody yeah. walks up to it, it's about as high yeah. as their knees. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's not very big. It really, it, yeah, it only needed to return the small soil sample. But it got more than uh, it was expecting, I think. Uh, they were, were because of the the way the um, as much debris that was shot up when they when they slapped when they slapped the uh, asteroid. Uh, a, a lot of material came up, and I remember they were trying to contain what they got because it was a little too much at first. So it sounds like everything worked out though. It did, and they're really lucky because this mission is just fraught with challenge after challenge after challenge. When they got to the asteroid they went um it's not really so much a rock as a pile of little rocks it's a rubble pile yeah and it looks the, you know what it looks like to me mm. you know what it looks like to me when we go to the beach we would go uh looking for shark's teeth yeah so we collect the shark's teeth and it looks like a little zip like i mean like uh, a baggie of a little bit of rocks in it like uh shark's teeth like we used to uh pick up when we were as kids it looks like a baggie full of sand and grit Yes, I'm just saying it looks like, yeah, it's not much to it. Well, they had to change but, the landing spot. So the, the 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 new landing spot was like a quarter of the size of the original planned one. And I'm like, that's nuts. Now, they did say that they're keeping 70%. NASA is keeping 70% of the sample. The other 25% will be shared with over 200 scientists at 35 different facilities. And 4% is going to the Canadian Space Agency. And half a percent will be given to the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, JAXA. Yeah, there's a percentage they actually keep for storage so they, uh, in the future, they can um, examine it once technology, you know, progresses. Because they were talking about that with the moon rocks. They were said some of the moon rocks are still uh, in storage and haven't been, re- you know, anything done to them until uh, the technology gets better over time and they, you know, we were able to analyze it with new, new technology. So that's what they were saying. I watched the video. Yeah. Did you watch some of it? Uh, no, it was, I read the article. I, I skipped ahead in the video. Um, cause by the time I saw it, uh, I think it would already happened. So I, I went back and I was skipping ahead and I saw where they had a helicopter or something, a camera up in the sky and you could see the balloon. I kept going or the, um, I'm sorry, no, uh, the parachute. I was like, it's going to land there. It's going to land there. It's going to land there. But you know, it's a lot higher than it looks on the video. Well, the- and I kept going, I kept going, it's going to land. It's going to land. And then a little bit later, I'm still, it's going to land there. <laughs> it finally landed. The the parachute <laughs> opened at 20,000 feet and it was designed to open at 5,000. So imagine you just spent a billion dollars, you got your sample, it's coming back and then the parachute fails or something or it opens too early and crashes. That. There are just so many ways these things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, yeah, look, they didn't. NASA's been doing some cool stuff lately. That you know, it was such a soft landing because <clears throat> of the shape of it. I was expecting it to be embedded in the g- ground a little bit, mm-hmm. but it looks like it just went. There wasn't anything around it. Even when they were cleaning it in the video, they were cleaning the out the outside of it, cleaning the dirt off so it doesn't contaminate what when they finally open it, and it was like hardly any dirt or anything was on the capsule itself. It was just charred really well from space or atmosphere. Well, rather. Yeah. When it came back into the atmosphere, it's like 5,000 degrees. Yeah. All righty. Should we move on to the hacks and strange stories? Yeah. Now I think you were taken in by the article title once again, but now you're Oh No, five best funny hacking stories from around the world. They didn't really get mm-hmm. into the details of these stories, but I'll give you they the, they did not. The fish tank hack in a casino in 2017. In Las Vegas, a small fish tank was used to hack into a casino's computer network. 
The fish tank was connected to the internet and had sensors that monitor temperature, food, and cleanliness. The hackers used the tank to gain access to the casino's network and access sensitive information. <laughs> well, there, in all fairness, there is a link there to the article. Ah, talk okay. About. So you can go read more. They talk yeah. about the so, Bitcoin Twitter hack where they said mm-hmm. Apple and Joe Biden and Elon Musk will double your money if you send in some money. Listen, people, yeah. that's the clue. <laughs> yeah. um, Orange is the new black hack in 2017. Uh, a hacker group known as the Dark Overlord hacked into a production company and leaked the entire fifth season of Netflix show, The Orange, Orange is the New Black. However, the group's plans were foiled when many of the fans of the show actually praised the leak and watched the show early, watched the new season early. I like this one because go back to 1903, proving you don't need modern technology to have a hacking attempt. The Royal Academy of Sciences was preparing to demonstrate a long-distance wireless telegraph message between London and Cornwall using a new machine designed by none other than Guillermo Marconi. Yeah, Mr. Wireless himself. Well, Nikola Tesla was also a wireless guy, but that's a different story for another time. As the demonstration was about to begin, the recipients in London started to receive some odd messages. The word rats (laughs) was sent repeatedly until it changed to tapping out an insulting poem about Marconi, quote, diddling the public, unquote. (laughs) The hacker was a magician and prankster, Neville Mm -hmm. Maskelyne, and his interception proved that the connection was vulnerable and messages were not private. Wow. And that was in 1903. <sighs> That's pretty good. Where's where's that uh what do they call it? The roll uh, the the encryption that keeps changing. The the encrypt um the stuff that um the movie star lady. I just watched a special and I'm blanking out on this. The movie star lady? What are you talking about? The movie star lady that invented the torpedoes changing frequency? Oh. Now oh, you know oh. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Olivia yeah, De Havilland. Yeah, it was not instrumental Olivia for Wi-Fi. It wasn't, right. wasn't, was it Olivia De Havilland or was it? Um, no. No. Hedy Lamar right. Had to remember that's Blazing it. Saddles. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where my brain had Blazing to go. Blazing Saddles. Hedy Lamar yeah. and she did frequency hopping right. on the torpedoes that the army then reused later and she was never given any credit yeah because that that is instrumental for wi-fi i think and um right all right what yes yes it is and and mobile phones and whatnot they should have had the frequency hopping back in london in 1903 anyway unless you're homer simpson working at a nuclear power plant should be safe and secure workplace until a hacker comes along because in 2010 U.S. and Israeli coders unleash a computer worm on Iranian nuclear facilities. At first, I thought this was Stuxnet, where they made the accelerators go really fast. Those poor Iranians, they're the victims of more stuff than this. Well, although some sensitive information was shared and distributed, the other elements of the hack were what we would call out of the ordinary. They uploaded ACDC's track Thunderstruck (laughs) to the primary PA system meaning that the tune would just blast through the building at random <laughs> intervals. Which so I as think... they were rocking out, they were distracted and we stole data. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm sure they have many ACD fan, ACDC fans in that nuclear facility. All right. They're probably like, who? I haven't heard this before. Right, do, who do we have playing out there in our room? We got Mike Robeson and, Mike Robeson and Gary Lindros. Did we have anybody yep. else show up in the chat tonight? Nope. Uh, That's stream it. Yard. There you go. <laughs> the duck. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Then we shall move on to the patrons because this is where we thank thee with names like Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dan D. Mancoyer, Dean Jensen. Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, he's online. John Clifford, John Noble, Jorgis Rowan, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook. Thank you to all of you for your contributions. 
for as little as a dollar a show. They went to patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. Viewers will see that on the screen. Listeners, I'll say it again, patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. Just kill that right there. They also get a special episode of Technorama just for the patrons. They Mm -hmm. get a postcard, which we sent out. Hopefully you got those from Dragon Con. Otherwise, I'll call the Hilton and tear him a new one for not mailing them because I dropped them off on our way out. Yep. And some are even getting our new our T-shirt that we're coming out with. So we've got a new 2023 T-shirt for those $5 members. Thank you so much. Your contributions go to all of the costs of making this podcast. Craig and I haven't had to pay one dime out of our pocket for several years. And I can't tell you how happy that makes us and our spouses. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> we even got, first. <laughs> Craig was paying out of his pocket, then I'd reimburse him. Now we just yeah. have that account hooked up to the, uh, the uh, phonic that does a lot of the audio yeah. post processing hooked up. So like. Can't say enough about phonic. It's, it's been good. It's the 27th of every, no, uh, the. The date on that one eludes me at the moment. The 27th is when Google takes their $2 for the ex- extra storage. $2. $2. Anyway, let's get on to what we've been watching. We are getting a little long in this show, so let's oh. move it right along to the Hand Me the Remote. <laughs> this one must be from Scotland. The one that you're going to talk about. The Machine. Oh, no. No, the machine. Oh, no. uh, it was M-A-C-H-I. Sorry, it's part of an old joke. Oh. I spell a word right. and you tell me how to pronounce it. Anyway. So, the, never mind. Uh, so this is um, the movie with Burt Kreischer and Mark Hamill, which is uh, made from or developed from Burt Kreischer's uh, comedy routine where he talks about how he was a, uh, a teenager was a teenager was in college he was he was going he went on a school trip to russia mm-hmm. and he got involved with the russian mafia on the train that, that all the students were on and he robbed all his classmates it's a funny story i love him telling that story however changing turning that into a movie stretching that it doesn't work i, I found myself looking at my phone and stuff. I'm, you know, there were some funny things here and there, mm-hmm. uh, but no, it's not, not that good. Not that good. No, I will say I was, Mark up Hamill in, was funny. I was speaking um, of, um, Hey, by the way, yeah. by the way, there was a lot of, a lot of those scenes where the guy goes, I've got this, you know, and then you see Mark Hamill, I've got this and somebody else I've got, I'm like, what are y'all doing? There's, there was no real imagination. That's uh-huh. why I was, didn't really work. I was in Vancouver this past week and uh, yes. our wonderful local tour guide was pointing out a number of movies and whatnot that were filmed in that area. Twilight, didn't see mm. any of it, but appreciate it. I go, yeah. okay, that's cool. So Stanley Park is where a good number of the woodland scenes were filmed. <laughs> it's like really kind of funny. You're driving around and it's like, see the woods off to your left? Yeah, that's where a lot of that was filmed. Uh, <laughs> the Adam Project okay. was filmed in Vancouver, which is coincidentally oh. where Ryan... Reynolds comes from. That's true. He's from Vancouver. So it's like, (laughs) it's like filming in your backyard. I did kind of like that movie. Yeah, I did. I I want to go back and watch it again because I want to see like, oh yeah, now I recognize the landmarks. Yeah. That's fine. There's a couple, there's a couple of movies that when I was working in downtown Charlotte that they were filming in Charlotte. Yep. And uh, like one of them was Shallow Hal with um, Jack Black. And there was literally a scene outside the building I was in. It was the Bank of America Tower. And I remember looking, watching the movie going, oh, I know that place. Oh, I recognize that restaurant. You know, yeah. a couple of things like that. Yeah. We went over the bridge that was in Deadpool. Like they had to close down oh. that bridge. I said, well, they could film today because three out of the five lanes are closed anyway. They should just <laughs> yeah for construction. Right. <laughs> yeah, they got to they gotta go through a lot of... A lot of hoops and circles to get that stuff done. Uh, I will. I have been continuing my old movie watching just because mm-hmm. that's what Netflix seems to be offering up. I watched yep. the 1975 version of Jaws. Oh, that movie sucks. I'm just kidding. It I'm actually kidding. is holding up pretty well. I know. I know. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, it's classic. 
the uh, it it is a classic. There were a, a, a another uh, Mandela effect line. It's not we're going to need a bigger boat. Chief oh. Brody says you're going to need a bigger boat. He's talking to Quint. Yeah, that's and he right. says it more than once. But there are a lot of great lines in that movie. The yeah. the 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 chatter that Quint does, where he's they're leaving the harbor and he's talking about this, that, and the other. He's just kind of mumbling himself and singing little songs and whatnot. It reminds me of when I go to help at church. Okay, Doug is in the sound booth and he always does his same little audio check. Instead of testing one, two, three, he does this thing, you know, t- t- taste, testing, t- tasty, tutti, fruity, cherry, <laughs> chocolate covered. He's got this little phrase that he does every time. Routine. Yeah. He's got a routine. And then, and then it's, you know, he'll start singing the old like Fruit Loops commercial song or something. It's like, he's, he's like Quint of the sound booth. (laughs) That's funny. So I I was kind of chuckling to myself as I'm watching Quint go through his little routine in 1975 going, yep. (laughs) I know how you feel there, Hooper. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, You know, it. The effects for the time were actually pretty good, and and they still hold up. Now, you know, now you know when the big fake shark comes up and you know, chews through the boat. Oh right? yeah, but yeah. It's, the shark has has its moments, but yeah. Uh, I also finished. Up oh season, man, hey, yeah. By the way, that movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. It scared though. the crap out of everybody. I know. <laughs> right it was and and my family was into scuba diving at the time now (laughs) that's that's right there's no sharks in lake superior so you don't need to fear that hey none that you know of what you need to fear is the killer carp killer carp (laughs) or the saber-toothed sculpin or the woolly whitefish we'll tell those stories another time on another podcast (laughs) i also finished up seasons two and three of ragnarok on netflix this is a modern day telling of like Thor's origin story. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. It does have yep. a nice twist. Uh, you may or may not enjoy it or agree with it. And it'll leave you asking more questions than it answered. So okay. it was, it, the effects were well done. The story was well done. The The conflict, I mean, they don't call this kid Thor, except like right. in certain situations. His, na- his, his name given by his parents is Magna. Uh, his brother, as he later turns out, he understands is his half brother is Loritz and Loritz is obviously Loki. Yeah. Uh, and they've got the, the Utel family, who is the big powerful industrial rich people in this town, probably keeping this town alive with their factory. The factory is poisoning the water in the fjord and they're getting away scot-free because they're big and powerful and rich. So, Hmm. uh, they, Utel in Norwegian is giant. They are the giants. So we have to have the gods come back and battle the giants. So it's, it's a modern telling of that. Very, very creatively done. Uh, All while Magna is trying to finish high school (laughs) and he's (laughs) not a star student. I'll I'll tell you that much, but uh, I I thought it was very well done. It it moves a little slow in spots, especially when you're watching season one going, Oh man, but season three brings it to a conclusion. And you think it's done at episode nine of 10 going, oh, that was a nice conclusion. And then it's like, wait, what are they going to put into episode 10? Because there's one more. So you got to watch that last one. Oh, yeah. I always got to stretch it out just a little bit. Yeah. The the contract called for 10 shows. You do what the contract says. I didn't put it on the list here, but I've actually been watching Enterprise. Kind of, I guess, picking up where we left off. We were reviewing the show. Uh, again, on our topic is Trek, but is that what our assignment uh, is for this week? No, 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 no. Oh, I, no, I don't know what our assignment is. But um, that said, I just started watching uh, episodes, so I've been watching. I guess where we left off, um, pretty much. But you know, it's it's funny. I know they people have been saying that they're going back and watching Enterprise, and it's they're finding it more enjoyable than they used than they did when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm kind of fine. I'm kind of falling into that same boat. I, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. Um, there's some stuff you go, don't, you know, but yeah. uh, for the most part, I, I enjoy it. 
I thought I had one more thing to say, but it looks like we're going into the Geek Library because we are coming up on close to an hour. Let me play the Geek Library music then. The New York Police Department has unveiled K-5. This is the subway's new robot guardian. We're just going to leave you with a video of this on YouTube. But uh, judging from the picture I see in the thumbnail, it looks like a cross between a NASA space capsule. No, make that that a... uh, Looks like the SpaceX capsule. SpaceX capsule and uh, Hershey's Kiss. I'm not... It's kind of an interesting industrial Well, we talked about these robots before uh, in California. I think they were using them at different malls and stuff. Um, they would roam around at night and they, these are going to roam around, uh, the platform. I'm not sure, uh, how subways work, but, uh, there's an area where they will be patrolling just to keep an eye on things. Why does visions of ed 209 come to mind? <laughs> this is, well, just, it's, well, it's being used by the police department. Is it, is it well, got a weapon? Well, you know what? No, uh, it does not. It just, it's a way for somebody to, use a camera and walk around without having to put people there. What's, you know. what's to prevent some hoodlum teenagers from pushing it onto the tracks? Well, I don't think it's on the track level. I don't think it's on the, oh. they, the platform. There's a, well, that's kind I of forget what, what the other, that's where your subway guardian ought to be. Isn't it? I don't, I don't know where, how subways work. So yes, but they're, <laughs> well, they're going to be a hole I mean, underground. I, you make this. I tunnel. know how it works. I mean, I'm saying that, <laughs> They were talking about a different level other than the platform or something. So I wasn't sure what they were referring to, but so it's there. But I, I one, I thought it was funny. There, these machines are kind of big and it looks like they've had too many virtual donuts. <laughs> Just saying <laughs> it's kind of big, but, uh, what else I thought was funny was that this woman was talking about her privacy and, how she thought, I don't know if I like that. You know, got ca- cameras record me. And then the reporter is finishing up the story and right above his head in the subway thing is a camera. You know, they're all over. They said, yeah, they even said they have cameras everywhere. This one's just mobile. You know, they can move it around. You only complain about the cameras until you get attacked. Then yeah. you're glad they're there. So you have some evidence and some witnesses. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but you're, you know, the thing complaining about the cameras on that thing, <laughs> that, that horse has left the barn, you oh, know, long the, time cam- ago. there are cameras every, every, everywhere. So well, not in my bedroom. That's not what I'm, I'm sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. I don't don't go there. Yeah, no. All right. That brings us to our question of the week. We're going to leave you on that scary note. Yeah. <laughs> Question of the week is, you've been abducted by aliens. 30 minutes later, they throw you out of their spaceship because you wouldn't stop talking about what? Let me tell you about how great Linux is. <laughs> it almost sounds like whose line is it anyway or something. Yeah. It reminds me of that um, that Dilbert cartoon where the alien's talking to the, the boss guy and he's like, uh, he starts talking about Linux. And then the few minutes later, uh, he's or he's telling the boss, "Do as I say. You got to use Linux." Blah blah blah. And then the boss says um, he fired him because he kept yammering on about Linux. <laughs> and the boss guy has no idea. He just it's, yeah, he it's no the idea. latest buzzword trend that he uh, that he's got. Yeah. Alrighty, right. we are going to leave you with that thought. Our Patreon show is being recorded next. Quick sneak peek: Craig's got a new toy. We're going to be talking yeah. about Craig's new toy course if you're patron patron you probably already listened to it but that's cool we'll we'll get you there if you want to listen to it all the old patron shows are available when you subscribe you get access to all the old stuff so and there's actually a lot of them there at this point couple hundred three four hundred um we've been you know what yeah it's been a while i was gonna say maybe um maybe we could maybe we should cherry pick a couple and release them here and there well, let's see. We started them in 20, was it early 2016? Actually, I'm trying to log in and take so a look now. So we've done about seven, eight full years. 
and we're doing about 35 a year. So 140, I'm going to guess it's north of 200. Maybe not yeah, 300 yet. Yeah. Alrighty. That with that, let's get out of here. If you want to get in touch with us, any comments about this show or any of the other episodes, you can reach us at 707-530-2428. Banner Craig, Banner Craig, Banner Craig. I'm getting there. You are sitting there with your hand on your chin. I know. <laughs> I, I can. I got another hand. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> Send us an email, technorama at chuckchat.com. Show me both your hands on the screen at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on social media. That's where I got it last time. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh, social media. Search for Technorama Podcast. You'll find us. Tell everybody at work about Technorama. That'll go over well. Right. (laughs) Until next time, give us a binary high five, Craig. All right. One, zero, one. Take care. Be safe. Thank you. Both hands.